Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will with ScheduleFly. This is a really unique interview and a special interview with John Sealbinder, who owns local Icon Hospitality in Raleigh. The reason for that is John's been on this podcast. Go back and listen to that episode, maybe before you even listen to this one. We posted on March 15th, 2017. And on March 16th, 2017, the day after we posted that interview, a massive fire burned down a huge apartment building in Raleigh right across the street from Little City Brewing. Little City is one of the brands under the local icon hospitality group. Um, And when I interviewed John the last time, they had opened several concepts in short order. They were having a lot of success. He was full of a lot of excitement and enthusiasm and passion and drive and energy. And uh, things were going well. And then literally the day after we posted that interview, that fire happened. And that fire forced um, streets around there, several key streets near Little City Brewing to be shut down. So Little City became this easy access from downtown Raleigh, just outside of downtown Raleigh, to all of a sudden very hard to get to. And it nearly brought down Little City and that entire group. And it was a really tough slog for a couple years for John and his team. And we talked a lot about that. And John talked about that struggle and what he learned and what his team learned and how that uh, event, you know, in a weird way has made him a better business person. It's made their team stronger. Man, what a powerful conversation. John's very open and authentic and vulnerable in this conversation. And I just admire the heck out of him uh, as a business owner, as a person for the grit and determination and hustle and all that he put into holding down the fort to get through that was never sure that that was going to happen so there was a lot of risk there was a lot of anxiety but boy he made it made it work i'm so proud of him proud of his team we're proud to serve them Uh, we talked about a lot of other stuff in hospitality but this is really cool so uh, like i said you may want to go back and listen to the initial episode the the contrast between listening to him there and listening to him here is really neat you see it you know two and a half years later uh, and it's really interesting, too, because I didn't know until yesterday, and he didn't know. He went back and listened to that interview himself. And he said, Will, can you believe you posted that the day after you posted that, the fire happened? So if you listen to that first one, and then you listen to this one, then this is not long after they really got their, their feet back under them. I mean, really, it took a couple of years for them to open all the streets and people to move back into the rebuilt apartment building. So uh, enjoy. This is great. John's awesome. His team's awesome. And uh, this is fun. Have a good one. Okay, we're live. I'm gonna, I want to talk about that. So, I, okay, what's up, everybody? It's Will with ScheduleFly, and I'm sitting outside here in Raleigh, North Carolina, with John Sealbinder. I've known John for a while. We've talked a lot of times. Yep. Finally get to meet in person. Um, and John owns um, – local icon hospitality here in raleigh and he's got several venues uh and we'll talk about that in just a minute but we were i was doing a sound check and i asked him what he had for breakfast and he said he had black coffee uh and it's now let's see it's 4:23. so you just now had your first food of the day which was kale and eggs kale eggs quinoa little brussels sprouts i went to be good and grabbed a salad on the way here now that's abnormal, okay. but sometimes in this world, it's not abnormal. It's not. Well, I, the reason I'm asking that is because I, 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 
that's pretty much how I roll yeah. most days. Couple Eat late black, in the day. Couple black co- cups of coffee first thing in the morning, then I'm not eating till mid afternoon. Maybe yeah. even dinner sometimes. There you are, slim trim fighting machine. It just you know, <clears throat> look at that dog. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, I was just cu- I was curious if that was a that was a normal thing or if that's just. I don't know. It sounds like I might be onto something if you're <laughs> if you're onto it. <laughs> well, it's all this, you know, whatever. intermittent, intermittent fasting, fasting yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. I started kind of with that, and then I just got to where I don't have any. I don't stick to anything other than the fact that it got me where I couldn't. Like I used to get up and I would eat a bunch of food quickly, like a lot of protein or right. something like that, and then I'd eat all throughout the day. I felt like I was eating all the time, and uh. And now I wake up and have black coffee. I'm like, I, I literally don't have. It's it's almost a bad. Like I've I've gotten where I don't have an appetite until later in the day. Or something oh like wow, that. yeah. I, <clears throat> I try to smash some water in the morning and then go straight to coffee. And then it's usually a shake. I can't eat a heavy breakfast. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, well, t- all right, man. So, well, first, thanks for doing this. Appreciate no, it. man. Thanks for being here. Yeah. We uh, talked a little bit. It was probably end of 2017, I think. Uh, summer. Yeah. Yeah. Fall 17, we've stayed in touch over then. And, you know, as we're, <clears throat> you know, we're sitting outside here at Little City Brewing, I mean, there's a ton, there's a great story to tell. And there's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in between. So it's great to there, catch up. There so, has, there has. Yeah. So tell tell the audience about your your group and your your <clears throat> venues and uh, what's happened in the last couple of years. You had a pretty intense period there. Yeah, it was intense. It's crazy looking back on it. The, uh, you realize you're in a in a <clears throat> in a thing when you're in there, but when you when you come on the other side, you're like, wow, that really was something, you know? Because yeah. um, <clears throat> you become I I become a different person. I, I know the person I was in survival mode, and now I'm back into hopefully pressing forward mode, you know. But uh, eight brands, uh, all situated in downtown Raleigh. The first one opened January 6, thousand twelve. That was the Architect Bar. And are these are they all? I don't know my way around. Yeah, so we're we're sitting over on the corner of uh, North and Harrington Street. You go about five blocks southeast, and you hit uh, basically Salisbury and Hargett. That's where uh, Little, I mean, uh, where uh, Linus Peppers, Virgil's, and uh, Level Up set. And then you go three blocks east from there, and you hit the Architect and the Green Light, and then. So we've got Little City Brewing and Provisions, which we're sitting at. We've got. You know, where we run <clears throat> craft cocktail program inside a, a, a top-notch brewery. And we picked up uh, two U.S. Open Awards last year and a Great American Beer Festival uh, yeah. Award. Nice. So, Daryl, the brewer that we just ran into, he's been making some really killer stuff. And had a challenging couple of years just in the group, but we, we stuck to quality as much as we could, you know. And so that's been, seems to have paid off. I think in the long run that'll always win. Quality will always win. And then we go, <clears throat> you know, Architect being the, the, the first one, January 6, 2012. Uh, DJ, bottle service, just a busy bar. I don't like the word nightclub. Uh, a lot of people might call it a club, but I, I, I like a more casual, uh, fun experience. We do a lot of open format music there, pretty much anything and everything but country, and every now and again we'll sneak one or two of those in there. Okay. And, um, you know, 80s, 90s, throwback, true open format. <clears throat> and... Uh, then we go into the green light, which is behind a bookshelf door there in the architect, and that was to you know fall 2013. It's uh, you know pretty serious little speakeasy cocktail bar. It's Wait, behind a, a bookshelf. 
It's a hidden, yeah, it's a hidden hidden door, like, in the wall, I mean, to the point where... Oh, that's cool. A couple times a fire marshal and the ALE, the, the alcohol law enforcement came in there and, and walked right by it, you know, and uh, the last time, uh, I, I've had a relationship with the, the alcohol law enforcement for a while, but, but a guy I know that <clears throat> is an agent there, he came in, he was staring at the door, and it was busy, and people were walking in and out of it. It's, it's a wall with a bookshelf, and you open the bookshelf and go in, and there's a bar in there, and it's small, it's... 250 square feet but we've got 32 seats in there right so 32 seats 32 people no more no you know we don't do any more than that there's no standing it's all seated and he was just mesmerized by it he he was he thought it was so cool you know usually they'd come in there and write you a ticket for something for not doing something right and he's like what are, why are those people going in and out of that door and i was like oh man check this out you know <clears throat> we walked back there and he just kind of stood there and he's like man this is cool so <clears throat> we've got the speakeasy thing going on there and then from there i'm signed a lease um to do a market and and brewery here at little city and, and in the process um I, I made a move on the building where the other ones are and so um in one building on salisbury street um we've got linus and peppers which is gourmet sandwich shop it's named after my niece and my cat uh, we've got virgil's taqueria which we do like a, a nice pretty badass cocktail program there and like a la carte like very authentic tacos to the point where most of the the guys that i know that own mexican restaurants in town were in our taqueria when we first opened i don't know what they were doing in there so i <clears throat> i thought they might be in there for ideas or something like that and they, so why are you guys here and they're like oh man <laughs> like you guys are a bunch of gringos making our food and we're we're, we're nice. us making a bunch of gringo f- Mexican food, you know? So they were really excited about that because we, we go pretty authentic with that, like carnitas and some some traditional stuff there. And uh, Then upstairs from there is Level Up, which is an arcade bar, vintage arcade bar, <clears throat> that is actually, um, we're going to put another speakeasy up there. We're getting rid of the arcade, and we're turning that into another cocktail bar. So a secret entrance on okay. that one. Nice. And then we run our catering for local icon out of the basement. And... Um, done a lot of a lot of weddings and events in architect and little city and most of the time our catering supports that and uh in a major way so and then we just put a virgil's food truck on the road so between those you know the level ups changing over so we won't add a brand we'll just change that to the merchant um in that building that's the old north carolina merchants association's office is there and you've done this is all since 2012 yeah what's crazy is is it was all open by October 2016 so from yeah so I haven't I haven't done anything in almost three years yeah um the merchant being the first new thing that we're going to do in the last three years so yeah since 2012 to wow when I when I think about it it's kind of crazy from from August 2011 I signed the lease for the architect to September um 16 when we opened Little City Brewing, we we were sitting on seven different brands in three different buildings. So. Grief. Where was your uh, Where was the fire? So it's right there. That building, that apartment building, right there. That's the one that burnt down. Okay. I don't know if I ever sent you the video, but I'll show uh, it to you while we're sitting here. It's pretty awesome. No, I never. Pretty, saw it. I mean, it's crazy. So, you know, <clears throat> from two thousand January two thousand fifteen to September sixteen. Went from one building with two brands with the architect and green light to three buildings, seven brands. We opened Virgil's in 2016, and it was like it went really well. The building was was going really well. We opened Little City Brewing, very 
very delayed from some stuff out of our control with the architect and the contractors and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of how it goes. So we got it open and things were supposed to start getting easier. And we got our first batch of beer in the tanks in January 2016. And this apartment building over here went up in flames uh, March 2017. Or we got our first beer January 17, and then the building went up in flames March 17. So we took, uh, we were about halfway to our goal revenue, and overnight we dropped to 25% of where we needed to go. We dropped half from where we were, which was half of where we needed to go. So we spent the last two years gnawing and clawing and and it turns out like at that time i knew that we were i knew that we'd be faced with some challenges like the next day right like it's the biggest fire in 100 years in raleigh apartment building burns down it displaces another apartment building that was full it uh ran people out of the quorum center where they were had those condos had been there for eight years i think at that point those folks just moved back in two weeks ago two three weeks ago so march 17 to uh, July, August, 2019. Um, so the streets were closed. Um, they'd open one small street and they'd close another one. And so it's just been this thing where I thought we'd pivot, right? Like I really, I mean, when, when you and I talked, I was like, man, we're, we're, we're grinding. We're going to pull out of this thing or, you know, do this, do that. And what we found out once we begged, begged and begged and begged for detour signs six months after the fire which weren't up and you know meetings with the city and the contractors to find out what the heck was going on because there were no no hammers being swung like everything was just sitting quiet was they predicted you know early 2019 before they were going to have the streets open and so sure as sure enough man every time they would they when they came around we opened the streets back up things just kind of started taking off again you know it's like what so where like what was closed so Harrington here, uh, Lane, Jones. So basically, all the entry points to where we're sitting, except for this one right except here. For this one right yeah, there's a one one entryway. So you get, you know, I jump in a Lyft or an Uber from downtown because I just left my truck parked or whatever, and it would reroute three times and still wouldn't get here, right? Because no one had cha- you know nothing had been changed with Google Maps, Apple Maps. I mean, we'd submit some things, but we're just one business, so it was crazy. Like I kept to that story, and a lot of you know, a lot of people kind of, it's, it's a tough place to be because all you want to do as an entrepreneur is succeed. Right. And yeah. you know, you point your, your fingers at your, yourself a lot. And then you're like, man, this sounds like such an excuse. Right. And, <clears throat> and it was, uh, well, it's not though. I mean, that's just a, that's one of those unpredictable massive events. That- yeah. I mean, I think we did pretty good with putting some money away for, for a rainy day, right. Three, six months, prudent reserves. And, Burned through that, and then we're like, you know, and then some, and then some more. And so, you know, there were probably 19, 20 times we should have been bankrupt and out of business, like in all, all our buildings. There's a couple businesses here, shut the doors and walked away. You know, and it put a hurting on, you know, just, you know, if I'm real about it, and I'm, I'm a pretty transparent guy, and I don't mind sharing that. Sometimes people kind of put up a facade, but, man, I was broken. It broke our, you know, I, I was just, you know, inundated with stress and worry and, you know, so I kind of got stretched really thin, and then the company got stretched thin, and then it was like the lead domino. We had just opened this one, and God. it was our biggest project to date. It was the most capital we had ever put into a project, and overnight, you know, it just fell. And there, you know, what we find out now is as we start to come up for air, and the, the residents have been displaced from their homes for two years, and another brewery around the corner took a massive hit overnight, and they, they were established, so it was a little bit easier for them to see how badly they were affected. They went... They, they took a 
pretty big hit backwards and they were doing pretty substantial revenue before it happened right so for us you know first thing i question is like okay what did i what did i do wrong why can't we pivot on this thing and, and we were hoping we, we you know we closed the street down we did blocktober we did weddings here we did a couple of political events where the governor showed up we've done you know we did so many things and it, what it was is it was just inconvenient it was choked off from the travel pattern um glenwood south is only a block and a half away but the density was there and when i took a leap on this space and in, in 2013 i knew all this stuff was coming right we were trying to get open by 15 got open in 16 and then you know, behind us, there's two massive projects finally taken off again now that they've, you know, opened the streets back up and they were on, on hold back here and reached stuff down here too, yeah. right? I just drove in. I mean, it looks like a bunch of stuff going on. That, yeah. That's the right, stuff right down the street. Yeah. Since, so, so that was, um, I sneeze. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Do, is that, um, so I think, <coughs> bless you. I think down here, like I saw Publix is, yep. and then there's going to be a uh, residential, yeah, so that's a mixed use. There's an 80,000-square-foot Publix going in there. Um, okay. So they started talking about that. The developer in this building that we're in here at Little City, um, there's 170 condo units above us. The The guy that, that developed this and opened it back in 2007 or eight was really instrumental, and I, and I, I kind of talked to him directly, and then eventually he kind of moved out of the building, finally got, got out of the retail spaces. But he... You know, kind of told me a lot about what was going to go on here. He said, there's, you know, big projects going on behind this building, which are now you're seeing to the point where they're bigger than they ever were supposed to be. Um, they built the first building with the Publix and the apartments and the office space and then immediately bought the, the track right next to it and put their, pulled their cranes down and put, put them. They didn't even stop. So that's a, they doubled that one in size. And then finally, the, the apartment that burnt down, they started leasing again. Um, the link, which was another apartment building over here that was displaced, um, they, they got their residents back in more quickly than a lot of the places, but about 50% of their residents were displaced um, as an apartment building and then the condo building I told you about, which is a little further up. So the whole neighborhood just took a hit and it was about a two block, pretty sizable two block, I choked off like downtown and the Glidwood South area. Like we just kind of in the middle of, of yeah. the town starting to transition into being one kind of, you know, nightlife and food and beverage ecosystem instead of being separated with downtown and, and this side of town. People were traveling and walking and stuff like that, and then overnight it was just cut off. So, you know, it was a big hit. Looking back on it now, it's very clear that, you know, it, it took a toll. And um, it's the stuff you can't plan for, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a yeah. you know, restaurant bar guy. And stuff happens, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a risk and it's a, it's a tough road, but it was it was a crazy time. So... I tell that story because the past kind of gets us to the present and the present, you know, molds the future kind of thing. And so, you know, where I am right now is, you know, we're, we're, we're tracking. I've got this amazing team of people. I had, to, you know, 17 was catastrophic meltdown for the group. Um, 15 and 16, we were on a run to build and grow. Just hit a, just a, just an overnight, like, you know, got knocked off the pedestal in 17. And then 17 was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. 18, I had to stop and go, man, I've got a team of 11 or 12 people between brewers, chefs, general managers, marketing, events, catering, whatever else. And I looked at it, and I was like, man, I've got about – and I lost some of my key players, right, when things got stressed. You know, some people said, you know, got got a little scared, and we got a little stressed, and our relationships were challenged. And 
I lost some key people and I didn't keep, you know, I didn't have a lot of the best people that I could. And I looked and I stopped and <clears throat> I said, you know, I've got two or three people that are strong and about eight that are not. And I paused in 2018 and from, you know, you know, summer 2018 to about a month ago, I hired 14 new managers and I kept 12 of them. Really? Yeah. So I've got a room of people that I look at now and I would fight for every one of them. I love them and they're great. Okay. God, there's so much to unpack here. Well, first of all, uh, I tip my hat because that, that was a massively stressful time. And uh, I, the fact that you, you got through it is phenomenally it's impressive. Great. I, mean, I mean, it really is. It's crazy sometimes. You know, there, that it, could have gone anyway. But that's, you know, that's, that shows your grit, your determination, your fight, the entrepreneurial drive to figure shit out, be creative, do what you had to do. So, dude. Thank you. Well I always done. I always said I was too dumb and hard headed to give up. That's the grit, right? But damn, man, like that's <clears throat> what it takes a lot of times. That that's what separates somebody who's got that entrepreneurial spirit and somebody who maybe doesn't. It's like you gotta have that. Because it's fucking hard. It's really hard. And then when you have something like that, God bless. That's just taking it to this level that's you know I, so what I mean you can't. There's nothing you could have done. You can't predict something like that. What? Uh, what do you take away from it? Like, what? How do you? What do you go? Okay, now looking back, if I, you know, I wish I had done, or, or maybe there's just nothing you can. Sometimes just shit's just random. Oh, there it, was so much hindsight stuff. Okay. Um, there's a ton of things. Yeah, but did you go through a lot of hindsight stuff when you were at your worst? That you amplified that now you, you, you think maybe you were too hard on your, like, do yeah, you, I mean, of course cause you can't, I mean, that's, like, yeah, what? I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I'm obviously the self-talk that goes on in my head sometimes is terrible, is, is not, is not a good place to be. Right. Like, and I think, I think as you get older and, and wiser and you open up with people and share that goes on with everybody. I mean, <clears throat> my first, my first journey, I went to the air force Academy. I was going to fly jets and, retire actually like two years from now right and i've got a i've got a great group of guys and girls that are friends that you know they're best fighter pilots in the world right but i have this amazing group of friends that are driven in their own realms and as we started to open up like you find that we all have this like sometimes this dialogue in our head that we gotta you know fight through right and so when things get really tough yeah man i was i was not i i it's hard to say, you know, like I could have, you know, forgiven myself a little more, said, man, I should have done this or I should have done this. But part of the stress and fear is kind of what I had to rechannel to keep me moving forward, right? As, mm-hmm. as that's not an unhealthy way to, to motivate sometimes. But, yep. Um, <clears throat> so, what I, you know, what I found out was there were a lot of things that could have happened. I got offered to get bought out of this lease before all this happened, um, you know, and it was before I built the brewery and I, it's a pretty good offer. Somebody wanted to come in and buy the space. I had an opportunity to buy the space. Went to the bank. They drugged their feet. The space got sold. I had new landlords. They tried to sell the space back to me a year later for 50% more than they bought it for. And I was the one that kind of, you know, did all the upfit and put the money into it. So I started thinking about those things sometimes. And I had to get really good at saying, okay, man, like, you got to find a way to not be... But because if I'd have bought this space, my, my rent would have been cut in half, right? And that would have been a financial burden that would have been relieved. If I'd have gotten bought, not, bought out of the lease and focused my efforts elsewhere, my other businesses wouldn't have suffered from this one. 
um, there, there were there were things that I look back on. And I go, man, the universe was telling me something then. I should have grabbed it, right? <clears throat> and you know what you find more and more in life is, you know, those are the things that you can focus on that keep you from moving forward, right? And if I got stuck on that thought right. forever, yeah, I'd I would have never made it through, right? And right. so, <clears throat> you know, looking back on it, it's you know re reshuffling refocusing i i mean i, I kind of got to be proud of the fact that i sat down in the end of 17 and ran you know some numbers on my global cash flow and i just said man shit like we're going to be closed down to 2019 we might get lucky might not you know i need to talk to landlords and i need to talk to banks and i need to find a way to let them know what's going on and predict our numbers and this and that and i tell you about nailed it right like <clears throat> just about nailed it and I didn't quite get the timeline that I wanted from some of the folks I needed to, to kind of help me stretch that out. Like the, the bank kind of, I asked them for a year, they gave me six months, right? And I was already three months into it. So I really only got about three months to breathe. And by the end of it, you know, those, those, those extra six months were about what pushed, like if the timeline I needed was a year, you know, from early 18 to early 19, um, and they gave me six months, I think you know, it went further into 19 until about a couple months ago until we really started feeling some weight coming off our shoulders, you know? So, okay. so that was huge. You know, you got to kind of sit back and pause sometimes and breathe. And, and I would leave, I'd go to, I'd get on the train and ride to DC, you know, six hour train ride there and back. And that's where like, I would pull my laptop out and just try to refocus. Cause it, it really was, it was saving a company, not, and, and I was just, we'd just opened. So it was really hard. I didn't really have the option to walk away. Right. Like, yeah. yeah for better or for worse, you know, like I, it was going to be just as expensive to walk away as it was to stay in some ways. So I stayed and that's, I mean, that's kind of a long about way to answer that. But I mean, what I really get back to is, is it was always about the people. Um, I didn't have the team that I know that I wanted to work with and needed to work with before that happened. So when it happened, it was challenging. I had to go back and rebuild this team that I have. I mean, I always say, I opened the architect. I didn't have mirrors on the wall. I didn't have bar stools. I borrowed them from like a thrift shop. You know, and we, we had 75 people show up the first night and we had 150 the next night. And then, you know, a month later, I've got a line around the block and I'm buying my bar stools and I'm putting the mirrors up on the wall. And I'm doing this. And so what I had at that point was I had a group of bartenders and a manager that was working with me as an operator. And it was, I, I swear we could have opened a bar in a dirt floor warehouse and killed it, you know? And so what I'd, what I'd done is I'd grown the company and not put my tribe together the way I needed to. I brought some folks in that I thought would come along or I thought they'd come from other other tribes and they would fit with ours. And, and what I learned at the end of the day, like the people that I have in place now, they're, they're from all different kinds of places. One's from Louisville, Kentucky. One was the director of operations for a small brewing <clears throat> um, company here in Raleigh. The other one came out of a $100 million a year bark group and founded in Charlotte, you know, and they're all kind of bringing a little something different to the table. And, and, you know, when I talk about quality and stuff like that, the chefs, the brewers, the people I hired, I hired some, some ones in between, like during the fire time that we were putting out, not the, not the best food that I was super proud of. We weren't putting out the best cocktails that I was proud of. The beer was mediocre. And that had gone from being really good pre-fire to me going, shoot, I got to fire some people in here and, and just keep the, keep the wheels on the bus, you know? And so I had to, be patient in times when I <clears throat> otherwise would have been pretty reactive and trying to get some things in place, but I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to th- cause things to come apart even further. You know, it's been a so, it's been so, a, a marathon, you know, but a, a fast marathon. So you, but your team now then is, from what I'm hearing, is a lot stronger. 
than what you had. It is prior. How, uh, I mean, how did you? So you had four. You hired fourteen new, and you kept twelve. What um. What changed about how you found people this time around than what you were looking for previously? I mean, was it more intentional and d- diligent, yeah, or was it just It, it was certain- intentional top to bottom, right? So when I had my best team, when I, when I turned the ar- architect over as the owner-operator, I realized I wasn't being a great owner and operator. I could do one or the other pretty well, but not both, right? And... So I needed some increased bandwidth, and I, I uh, hired a guy. I went through a pretty serious hiring process. Like what I realized even at that time with my first manager I hired as an owner, I went through 100 resumes for 15 to 20 potential interviews and one or two that I wanted, thought I would hire. And I hired the wrong one, and I fired really quickly. Okay. And I hired the right one, and he was with me for you know better part you know, about four years, and let me let me stop you. You ha- you had two. You hired the wrong one. Why? What? What? Well, I've learned later on. This is what I've learned later on. You know, you hire. You know, a lot of very successful people say hire slow and fire fast, right? And, yes. Um, I realized. <laughs> look back on it now. In a in a smaller locus of control, I sort of had that. I was already doing that stuff, right? So, I hired the wrong one. I realized really quickly. I was like, man, this guy just isn't good for our culture. He's you know, it was the person, not the resume, right? And yeah, then yeah. the next guy came in, and we started completing each other's sentences. We were off to the races okay. within the first two or three days working together. You know, I, I started priding myself on knowing that if I worked with someone for a day or two that I knew it was going to be something. We might hit challenges later on, but I could tell pretty early that I had to trust my gut if, if it didn't feel right. And and that would be some observation stuff. It wouldn't just be like, oh, man, I don't like this person. You know, you put them start working a day or two together and see how they react. And <clears throat> so, I, so at that point I hired a great manager, the architect, I brought on someone I was really close with to run all of our, our events at the architect. And I had a guy that had been working with me for years as my bar manager. So we had a team of four running one bar and, and the architect was better in year three, four and five than it was in year one and two, you know, which is okay. abnormal for a bar usually. Right. right. They, yeah. They hit that honeymoon honeymoon phase and they sure. fall backwards. So we're booking more events. We're running it right. We're, marketing we're doing this so that was <clears throat> that was great and then when i grew into the next building i went and uh, through a challenge i hired the wrong chef and then i went and found a really really strong chef who was like me we completed each other's sentences we thought the same way we moved the same way but we were different in our skill sets right and he came out of you know sean brock's kitchens down in charleston and then he was working at the hermitage hotel in nashville and then when he left me I actually went to the durham and in, in, in uh, durham the durham hotel in durham and uh worked under a james beard chef there but you know we started talking just really good food and beverage at the end of the day it's like if you do stuff really well and i remember when we were opening virgil's he said to me he's like you know he's like if we do good food we have a decent space and we provide pretty good service we can't fail he's like every every one that i've been a part of he said we can succeed like that and so at my at my strongest i had my my chef I had the, the manager that I'd hired to run the architect. I had my, my catering and events or my events and marketing uh, ride or die that was with me side by side all the time. And then <clears throat> I'd say that was the strongest we were, right? A couple okay. of bar managers that I've been working with for a while. And then five or six at like, I was like, oh man, well, we need to fill this gap. And, and you get a lot of, you get a lot of bad resumes, right? You get a lot of, you get a lot of strong resumes and just not good, good presence, right? Like maybe they'll do really well in a Darden or a, 
you know, some other big company where there's a ton of systems in place to prevent them from failing. But in a smaller group, like you got to be careful because that one person is a big percentage of your management team, right? Mm, You lose them or you turn them over or they're not right. It can, it can wreck, wreck a lot of things in there. So when we went on this run, Trey came to me from Charlotte. He came here on a Thursday. We were looking at doing a bar together in Charlotte as, as partners. And I said, look, man, I said, until I get my stuff wrangled up here, I don't know if I can be a good partner, right? Right, so right. he came here on a Thursday and moved here on a Tuesday. We went back and picked his stuff up from his house about 45 days later. That was a really? year, year ago. Okay. Um, this week, maybe last week, a year ago. So we've come a long way in that time. And, you know, he comes from a pretty, pretty good, big group that at one point had – over a hundred bars across the country yeah and they have certain systems and they have certain way of hiring people and then again i was like man i was like we just we had some people in place and it got to a point where we're like man we've, we've got to kind of replace one of these people and and you know we, we never fired anybody under duress and most of the people we we let go of was either you know they stepped back down to another job or they shook our hand or we got a hug on the way out the door you know and as we continued to hire like it was very deliberate it was man I've, we've got to make sure this is right because we can't afford to take a step back right now. Yeah. And so we fired three general managers and hired three in three weeks at one point. Um, really? Fired or demoted. Some people just kind of stepped out or stepped down. Um, again, I think, I think a beautiful thing is I used to be really scared of firing people. And I've gotten to the point where I've, I've let, a, let a number of people go and freed them up for whatever that next opportunity in their life is. you know. And it's not been you know screaming and yelling and kicking on the way out it's been a handshake and a hug sometimes you know which is i mean that's kind of a cool well thing it's yeah you, you you're scared of it because you i would imagine it's you don't you know that's gonna you assume it's gonna be really tough for them or hard for them yeah a lot of times it just frees them up like you said for something that they're meant for clearly right. they weren't meant for this so maybe it opens a door for them to find the right opportunity whereas when they're you know when they're yeah, here it's kind of like keeping them how far, how far do you kick the can down the curb sometimes with somebody? I mean, it's somebody, you know, you're like, Hey, if it's not working out, it's not working out. No hard feelings. Go find, go find that journey and that path. That's going to, you know, make your dreams come true. And they, they know, you know too. Most times, right? Yeah. Most of yeah. the time it doesn't always come as a surprise. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Well, look, I mean, again, kudos for being self-aware. I mean, you, you're looking at, you know, potentially doing a project down in Charlotte and saying, I don't know if I can be the best partner right now. That's, that's a good thing. I yeah. mean, that's a mature way of looking at it and, staying focused on, you know, on what's I, going on here that could have been you know shiny object syndrome you know it's yeah, like, oh, man, you know like here's this thing over here. If, we, if we do this and it'll help our cash flow or what it could do is just spread you th- so thin that everything continues to to be challenged on the way through you know so sure that was sure. a big lesson what's your next project I'm like i can't i don't know man i'm working on these things that we have and they're not coming around yet i mean like i said i was opening you know opening brands on a pretty good pace and haven't done anything since September 16. That was the last opening. There's a um, there's a term I've heard: post traumatic stress growth. Yeah, I you ever heard that? I can jive with that. It sounds well. Sounds. Look, you. It's it's the idea of something significant. It. I was actually listening to this, these guys on this uh, on this podcast. Was it this morning? It was, yeah. They were talking about that general concept, but the big thing was like this: is the story you tell yourself, and this is all that stuff that goes on in your head during that. I've, I've had low times too. It's 
the story you tell yourself in those situations is really what oftentimes is going to determine the ultimate outcome. If it's, well, this sucks, life's unfair, this happened, nothing I could do, out of my control, not my fault, I'm closing it down because you know what? And then you kind of point the finger and blame, bad luck or sure. bad fate, whatever it is. Or you go, okay, this sucks bad and I'm in a bad place, but I don't know any other way than to get out of this. So yep. I've got to figure it out. Like that story is where you find that post-traumatic stress growth. Like you're a better owner, a better operator, a better manager. Now you have a better team. Like yeah. you, it's like uh, dude, it's like going to the freaking, you obviously work out. Like you go to the gym and you, uh, you know, you do a, a set of heavy deadlifts or something like that. And it just like knocks you out. And it's like freaking, sure. you're like, well, what happens? Your body responds and you, you know, unless you overdid it and you injured yourself, but if you did the right amount, you know, this, short acute amount of stress actually makes your body respond and grow and build muscle and get stronger and that's metaphorically like what happened here yeah and and you know except for you didn't mean to do it like it's just this crazy terrible thing happened but clearly dude you're like you're going to come out of this like and i still said it a lot of days i don't know you know i was very fortunate some things that i was kind of dialed in with and I, i fell into like a coaching group up in annapolis with the bar metrics guys and there were top-notch like cocktail guys from all over the world that were part of this group and I just kind of stumbled into that thing and so there was some I was I was saying a lot of days when I didn't want to that I was grateful for the experience and I knew on the back end I would forever be grateful for it right like it was the most challenging time of my life and I've been through some stuff I mean I got into the Air Force Academy I you know I I I walked onto the football and baseball team there and been challenged and then had some stuff happen with my family and a lot of that fell apart and earlier in my life but like this was a challenging time and like I only tell the story because I want to get into some of the good stuff right like I do want to talk about the good stuff because you know again getting through it I said man and I want to be able to share that story with folks right like yeah like man life gets tough you know and 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 you're like what did I do wrong if you're a real entrepreneur you're probably questioning that or you know, you got to be a little bit sociopathic sometimes, but to, to trudge through it. But, but, you know, I really started turning inward. And then I, I, I would say, man, I was like, this is going to make me grittier, less affected, less reactive, like, you know, really kind of pause. I mean, I had to be more deliberate and patient than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Facing things that I'm like, you know, stuff that used to, I mean, that I, that I should be freaking out about, like bank accounts being overdrawn here and there and fees and stuff like that. Like. I just said, well, look, I can only do what I can do right now. Yeah, I, am I moving yeah. fast enough? Am I not moving fast enough? That was a big question. How fast am I moving? Is it fast enough? Or am I moving at a good pace to where I'm not moving so fast that I uproot things again? Okay. Yep. Stability was a big goal. Words that we've said over and over again over the last year, we've got to create stability. Stability. If we create some stability and get it right, we could leap to the moon maybe, you know, or we could really nurse what we ha- nurture what we have. And do really well as a group again. Um, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I mean, the Tony Robbins podcast is really good. They, he interviews a lot of crazy, awesome people. Like, um, I think he interviewed uh, the, the folks from Orange Theory. And, uh-huh. you know, they eight years they went from nothing to a, an over a billion dollar a year company with 1,100 stores around the country. Like, I mean, like, I didn't even know what it was a few years ago. It's yeah. like everywhere. Now. Three, three years into it, this is a great story. They had... 
three franchises three years into it. They went in and these people were selling their own vitamins and this and that and whatever. And they looked at each other as founders and they said, this was, this was really cool to hear. And they were like, we're going to stop right here. We're going to stop. We're going to fall back and we're going to get this right with our culture and, and what we want out of our brand. And that was three years into the eight years that they did. And so in five years, they went from stopping and pausing on the three that were not going well, saying we'd be happy with eight or 10 or 30 or whatever they said they would be happy with to 1,100 around the world. Right? Which, what changed? Well, like, what were the big things that changed when they stopped and paused? I, I think was it just I, a matter of solidifying I, what they really... Uh, yeah, solidifying, getting their feet right. Like everybody having a clear vision of what they were doing versus just... Yeah, and when you're on a culture, like I started doing a culture project with my my business coaches I kind of fell in with last year, and it was like, what do you believe in? You, know, you talk about this when you're, you're you're doing your first business. Like, it's like your culture's infected by by you, right? You are the business. Yeah. And But then when you start to grow, what I, what I realized is when we grew, grew, and a lot of companies do, they lose their culture. Uh-huh. They haven't been deliberate about how they deliver that to people that they may never see or meet. And I think that's what I think that's what they did. They said we got to pause. And we got to get it right. So, some of that stuff is reaffirmation of what we really had to do here, which was, shit. You know, the city is blowing, like just building and leaps and bounds around us. Yes. In a time where we should be doing really, really well, we're struggling like I've never struggled before in my life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think you know, talking about that orange theory thing and like listening to those podcasts, it's like there are a lot of days that those things just came right on time, you know, like what I yes. needed to hear to, you know, to take that last little spark to push forward again. Yep. Even days that I knew they would help and I wouldn't listen to them, you know, then I somehow, you know, push myself to go for a run and throw something like that in, or, you know, the Mike Tyson podcast or the, you know, the Dana, the Dana White from the UFC, like those guys, like hearing about how they were getting ready to pull, throw the towel in. And yes. that last little push forward is what, you know, what made all the difference, right? Like those stories. <clears throat> Do you listen to Jocko? I don't. Do you know who Jocko is? Jocko no. Willink? No. Oh, dude, you, God, you, you, dude, you dig it the most. Jocko's a former Navy SEAL. He okay. does a lot of. Uh, I know who that is. Yeah. Executive coaching so, and consulting yeah. now, and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to send you this link. I, I send it to everybody now. Like everybody's like, well, Will sending this Jocko link?" <laughs> There's a three minute clip from one of his podcasts on YouTube. Somebody did one of those little like drawing things you hear you, know, sure. you see it while they're talking dude this is it, it literally i got i got onto this thing a few months ago and i i literally listen to this thing multiple times a week as yeah. i've also asked all of my kids to do my sure. kids are 15 12 and 10 i've already gotten like listen to this all the time until it wires into your brain and here it is the summary is he just says that basically every time there's a problem his response is one word, good. Like, and he rattles off all these problems like they had. And he's like, every single time you say good, because he turns it into, all right, this is a problem. There's something that's going to come out of this. It's sure. a really good thing. Like, how are we going to turn this problem into something that's a positive? But the way he delivered, it's just like the best three minutes on YouTube. Yeah, that's I swear great. to God, it's incredible. I have not sent that to one person yet that wasn't like, holy cow, that's gold. Yeah, it, it's it's life changing, you know. And it's I just think, a, it's the it's the your mind, right? Yeah. And this is, I mean, perspective. You, Tony you know? Robbins is all about that. This is all. It's just uh, there's a guy named Naval Ravikant. Have you heard of him? I've heard of him. I don't know if I've ever heard any. Naval's a good one to listen yeah. to. If you ever listen to Joe Rogan, he had a great interview with Naval. But Naval says life is a. Uh, um, 
he says reality is neutral and life is a single player game and i thought that was really cool because it, it, wow. it really is it's like you're it like you your mind and what you decide and what you set out to do i mean there are all kinds of things that are going to get in your way it's just what do you do when it happens how do you handle it are you self-aware are you a victim or are you you know somebody that's that's going to say well it's like you did this sucks but like I'm just going to just keep pushing through. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that, that ring in my head. You know, people, you know, it's like on the human condition, you can get in a place where you're comparing your insides to somebody else's outsides, right? And that's a yes. that's a dangerous place to be, especially when you're getting your ass kicked, right? And, yes, um, yes. So you look out and you're like, oh, man, this guy's killing it over here. Oh, yes. man, I'm just, you know, just beating yourself up inside. So it okay. is. It's a perspective. It's a mindset. And I, I tell you, there was a lot, a lot learned in this thing and yeah you know it's like i told my landlord i said there, there might be one of these things that i work in for the next seven years and never make a dime just to fulfill my Thanks, will. my responsibilities under leases and loans and stuff Hold like on that one let me stop you hey will will can uh tell me i want one of your beers yeah. now i'm not at like okay so i just had that whiskey i don't want like a big high alcohol content right now something do you drink ips I we do. We have a brand new IPA that's on. It's a double IPA that's on the high ABV. We have a do we have any plethora? We have any? The plethora just got kicked on. Plethora? It's a, it's a, it means a lot, right? It's a, oh. it's our, it's our sour that we infuse with like. Are you telling me that I have a plethora? A plethora of oh piñatas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we so, just watched that. I just made, I just had my kids watch that the other night, that movie. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. And you're, you the just three, kicked. The three amigos oh. just kicked. Oh. We have the sidewalk stout in its place, but the cold brew Kolsch got 97% on untapped. So if yeah. you want to try. We've got a cold brew Kolsch. Bring it. Actually, uh, and I don't. Bobby just came. I don't know where he went. It's one of my buddies just came. We'll get him a beer too. Sure. Okay, I'm sorry. I just I wanted. Oh, that's to, great. I, I, don't uh, be sorry about drinking little city <laughs> beer. At one point, I'm gonna. We're in this deep <laughs> thing about the. I'm sorry. I apologize. I no, didn't want to run off before. The, the beer should be soul healing, right? <laughs> like that's the goal. So yeah, man. I mean, I could go on and on like that. And I mean, I, I'd almost, you know, I mean, at some point, there's a calling to be able to share that that story. And I mean, look, stuff's challenged every day. But, hi Kelly. <laughs> uh, oh, that's all right. You can co- you can come. Come on, Kelly. <laughs> Tell everybody hello. Say hey. <laughs> hey guys, it's Kelly. <laughs> What's up, Kelly? <laughs> hey babe, how are you? Um, <clears throat> see ya. Good to see you. I'm Will. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Kelly does. Uh, she works here in town. She does social media for us for a couple of our brands. Too. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. There's my friend Bobby. What's hey, up, Bobby? <laughs> How you doing, man? Sit out here long enough. John Silbinder, Bobby Martin. How are you? Good to see you. We just ordered. uh, I just got a beer, man. Get a beer. We'll we'll, uh, actually get one. You got shot for sure. You want to come listen to us? We're rapping about some cool stuff, man. I'll do it. All right. You guys uh, shot for shirts in the same place. (laughs) (laughs) I know we do, man. It's this brand out of Austin, Texas. Looks good. Cricket shirt. I know the guy who. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen the ads for that. Yeah. 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 They had these like. They have these collar stays on yeah. these, like it's a oh, polo, yeah. but you know how you get your yeah, collars get, get all, all like ratted up yeah, and so rolled they put under. These collar stays in, which yeah, I, I just kind of like. Keeping that. it crisp, you know, yeah, something good. different. But I know the guy, one of the guys who started it, and I just love in any brand. Like anytime I know some, like man, yeah, I'm all about it, supporting like, it, right? Supporting the heck out of it. Yep. So, so yeah, man. I mean, all that stuff, like it, and then thank you. You know, going back to the story and the challenge and the whatever. You know, I mean, I needed it. I I needed it. I'm gonna be honest. I I fucking needed it. You why know, do you think why is that? Because 
the, the, the last thing that I was truly, truly, truly in love with before my first business was, you know, when I, I since I was 10 years old, I wanted, I, you know, I saw Top Gun and Iron Eagle. I wanted to fly jets and that was it, right? Yep. I left there my junior year and I will never, ever, that will be something in my life that I'll always remember. Two of my best friends are coming. I turned 41 uh, Monday. Some friends are coming into town this weekend, like Air Force buddies, and I'm still friends with. I mean, I get my private tours of the Pentagon. They come, they've been living vicariously through my nightclub and bar endeavors and life and what I thought was a derailment in some ways for years when I was running nightclubs for people and just living a debaucherous lifestyle. They'd come down and live vicariously. And now, you know, I mean, I, I go... I go tour the rep weapon school in Las Vegas, Nevada. Like I can get eight or 10 of the world's best fighter pilots on a conference call quicker than I can hire a re- restaurant manager. Right? Like, it's crazy, but it's freaking awesome. That was my first love. And you know, I left there and I didn't do that. And I, you know, I, I found my way through life. And the, and the next time I got a spark of something that I felt great about was when I opened my first business, right? When I opened yeah. the architect and, entrepreneurship had always been my thing man if i'm honest i had my candy business when i was in fifth grade i sold puppies when i was third grade to buy my brother's christmas presents like we grew up pretty i mean we grew up pretty not with a lot but you know i mean we always made it work and so then in in middle school i had a little candy operation you know i mean it was always that right like there was something there with business and i just didn't realize it i got an engineering degree from nc state and so when i opened my first business with the architect i i had found my way through a lot of learning lessons from the wrong and right ways to do things on other people's dime, right? And so yeah. when I opened it, man, I, we crushed it. Like, I had it paid off in 10 months. It was uh-huh. spent cash, debt-free. Yep. You know, and then when I jumped into this thing, you know, I was pretty confident that I was good enough to make something work, right? Like, you yes. know, we'd figure it out. Okay, give me a problem. We'll make it work. Yes. And, boy, I tell you, like, we had some challenges before this massive meltdown. I mean, it, there were some things that I had to re, reshuffle on. Linus and Peppers yeah. was not a good opening. Um, Level Up was not a good opening. Virgil's was a great opening. Greenlight was a great opening. Architect, like I said, with the people I had in place, I got really lucky. You know, I mean, I, I think we could have moved mountains with with just having that. I mean, you're talking about my home, my homies, like right, like right. We'll, we'll go to we'll we'll fight tooth and nail for each other, and we were all bar guys, and we knew it, and we we nailed it. And so, when this came along even despite the stuff I was delayed on and the, and the construction and the over budget and stuff like that. Like when this came along, I was like, man, like I needed it because you realize that like, yeah, you can be brave and you can jump in the deep end and blaze forward, but like shit can happen yes. and, in a, in a major way. And it, and it could have happened on a much bigger scale yeah. further down my career as opposed to right now where I was just questioning, I was like, man, we didn't really jump that big. We jumped big, but we didn't jump big, big. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is a lot of stress for, for what's going on. And I think I realized like, yeah, man, like, you know, f- there's some folks in town, they wrote 25 year business plans for their brands. Right. And I go, man, I wrote some business plans. I'm great at running numbers. I wrote a five or 10 year pro forma, but I didn't talk about what the brand was 10 years from now or 15 years or who I was. It was like, man, let's go for it. Here's some opportunity. The city's grown. We can do this. Yeah. So now again, like what you asked, I mean, I became a more patient, more deliberate person than I'd ever been. And that's been a different adjustment, right? Like I'm, I'm ready to hustle. I will work 17 to 20 hours a day, seven days a week. If I have to, I'll bust tables. I'll run food. I, I, that, I love that stuff. I get energy from that. Yeah. But when you're working as hard as you can go and you're not making any progress because you're just getting your ass kicked. Yeah. Then you realize you're like, man, I, I, I needed this. Yeah. I, yep. I, I needed it because 
things had been easy. I mean, I swung for the fence and hit a home run when, when I opened the first one. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about being an entrepreneur, I think, is that you, it's this weird dichotomy because you, you have to almost like, you kind of have to believe you're in bullshit, yeah. you know, and have a lot of confidence. But you got to be careful too because you can you can you can believe it's you know when I mean there's just luck plays a part in all this stuff yeah. like it's like some weird alchemy of luck and skill and timing and all this stuff and you know there's like people that nail it in one business and they have, they're convinced that it was because and then they go start another business and it isn't as good or it's just it's just a it's a weird thing but yeah, that's cool that you have that pers- well look I mean that's what I think uh, that's what separates people that endure and have a long career of ups and downs but ultimately directionally up and successful is that awareness and mentality and saying yeah i needed that like that's that's a really great mindset yeah and you know you get out of bed every day and i mean look like people on the outside looking in until they realize you know until it really comes like i've you know i've had some challenges with some partners yeah. From the archit, you know, from my early on in my career, that are kind of like I've had some great partners that have, I mean, in- investors, right? Most people are silent and they're, they're not operational, but been super supportive. And then I've had some challenges with some guys that I felt like, you know, we got a great return, and and, and they came to, you know, kind of not to jump in when things got tough. They they, you know, and there's a lot that goes on, but like at the end of the day, like that's going to happen. You know, it's like, it's like marriages, people get divorced. It happens all the time. Right. It's unfortunate. Same thing with partnerships or employees or whatever else. And I mean, I to get out of bed every day. Like what I really think about is I think about everyone from right below me to, to, to the dishwashers and barbacks and busboys, Right. Like, <clears throat> like those people's lives depend on whether or not our doors stay open or not. Right. Yep. And yep big responsibility and they get paid first they get yeah. paid before anybody else they just through all this thing like yeah man like here and there the payroll's been a little late but i mean we're talking about a, a you know a catastrophe of cash flow losing more money than anybody probably would have stomached most times and having to believe like you said as an entrepreneur you're like man i gotta sell i gotta sell myself my dream right like are we gonna get on this and the other sell end and myself like myself my dream yes yeah. i and, love it dude and yeah. so you know as we did that like you really I, I i really like you gotta get out of bed every day and you go man we're employing people right like i'm not employing 700 but i'm employing 70 you yeah. know and those people sometimes they might get frustrated and upset at work and i i gotta take the prince the, the personality out of it and focus on the principle of that you know and so like that was a big deal of it, you know. That's a, that's a, a thing that I really really care. I want to I want to be able to provide opportunity and enrich people's lives that are that are with me, right? Like, yeah. And sometimes if you don't have the right people in place, they might be great people, but you you can't enrich their life because they don't want to move forward to the next level with you, you know. And you can't get stuck because everybody else suffers. So that's another big part of like when I look around now. Like our culture is founded right now on the twelve people that I look at in our manager meetings every Tuesday, right? Like from there down, we kind of had to rebuild from the top to the bottom instead of the bottom to the top. What is the culture, John? Like what, what is it? What are you guys all about? You know, I think that we're, you know, we're work hard, play hard. Um, you know, people say that. I think that we genuinely, we just got off a call this morning. There were some scheduling conflicts where managers had to cover for other managers. And there was a, you know, there was a, there was kind of a deal where, you know, some somebody took off and it didn't go right, and so what happens? Like somebody else has to cover, right? Because you know, you want people to have their lives and enjoy their lives. So, so, but I said, I said, guys, we're not here to you know to chew ass. It's like 
let's think about each other. Let's not think about, well, if I get my time off or whatever, because we'll, we'll bend over backwards to make sure you got time off. But let's not screw each other over in the process. And I think that's what we're moving towards. I don't have it completely verbalized. I've got it written down. Trey and I are doing a culture project. He's got the notes. I wish he was out here. He could pull them up. But we're, we're working on a culture project. We're working on like a, a project placement where we're going through and saying, what do we believe in? And I think it was, I think our, our mission statement is now, uh, it's, we're, we are delivering badass nightlife, food, and beverage in an approachable, you know, family driven atmosphere right like it's not but like i come from the south i love that i'm from i'm from the mountains right anything if it has the word badass in your culture statement that's pretty freaking cool we're going back a little edgy you know i mean i love it no but you should and you're i mean that's we should i mean we care i mean genuinely care i mean i i care more for my friends and family than than i can put into words sometimes and people that work for me they they're looped into that and then the people that walk into our door like i fell in love and got addicted to this business because i got high on the guest experience right like i want people to leave very happy yeah and you can get an instant gratification in this business with that you really can like yeah. people leave happy and you see they're happy and they're smiling and yeah you get like this <laughs> daily dopamine dose when when you have that i mean it's it's a it's a daily thing. You connect with in somebody multiples. for an hour. Yeah. You know, you spend yeah. an hour with somebody connecting, you know. Yeah. You're there. You're taking care of them. Dude, look at this. We got an audience now. Yeah. <laughs> John, this is Trip. John. Hey, John. Nice to see you guys. So, yeah, I mean, that's, and that, I've, I've got it into words, and I hate that I don't have it in front of me because that's a good pop quiz. Like, what is your culture? And it's basically, what will you hire and fire over? And it's, you know, you want folks that want to, get excited about what you're doing yeah and there's plenty of other places to work do you love what we're doing do you like working with us yeah because if you yeah. do then we'll go to bat for you and we'll go to bat for each other yeah you know um people deal with family struggles i mean we got managers that have foster kids that they have to go to court for and stuff like that and we have to be very empathetic to that you know and and but th- there's still a business that has to be run so we all got to Say, you know, we got to lean on each other for that. So it's a big part of it. I I believe that we got to have people in place that everybody's got to be able to kind of lean on each other, you know, and that's, for me, that's seemed to work. I've got a second, you know, I've got a director of ops now that I can lean on real hard. We, we happened to be friends for 15 years before we worked together, you know? And so there's a challenge when I start getting in a a tailspin that he, you know, he absorbs that blow for me, you know, and we still have a, a professional relationship to take care of too. So, um, this is a cool exercise that you're going through there because a lot of times that, that culture is particularly for the, you know, the founder is maybe in their head, Yeah. but maybe they can, or maybe they can't articulate it, but then well, articulating, it's a big part of That's it. It's a huge part. It's a huge it. part. Cause you kind of know it. It's like that whole statement. What is that thing? Like, uh, I can't define what porn is, what I know it when I see it. Like yeah. culture is kind of like that with a lot of people that start a business is that you, you know what it is. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to articulate it or sometimes it's hard to convey it and train it and document it and do the thing that you're going through right now. But that's such a, that's an arduous process, but a, uh, that's a heck of a dog right there. Look at that dog. Golly. Oh my God. That's a beautiful dog. What's your dog's name? Uh, Kaiju. Kaiju. Oh God. That is one handsome dog. Oh. I'm I'm looking through. I'm trying to. Find Are you trying my, to find your? I'm trying to find my culture project notes so I can. It's read one them of those up. things where you're like, okay, I feel like this. I feel like, so we haven't really done that at Schedule Fly, 
Oh, I got it. I found it. But I think we all kind of intuit what it is. But I bet if we had to sit down and really, oh, I got it. Let's say we were going to grow, and we had, you know, we went from five to you've got seventy people. I don't know. It would be hard to really articulate that and convey that in a way that you could scale it, right? Which is what you're trying to do right now. What? So what? Is I'm, I'm trying to see it. It's a little mixed up because it's in a it's in a doc that I'm trying to read off my phone. But I, I think our 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 uh, our purpose was to cultivate badass experiences and we serve with a sense of urgency. We have interactions that, that lead to, you know, personal transactions, you know, and, 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 you know, sharing stories and stuff like that. And then we transfer enthusiasm, right? Like that's why we do what we do. Um, I like to serve with a sense of urgency. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, so my friend Bobby's here, and he's talking about Will, who's the uh, bartender there. He, he actually, his, uh, I, I actually, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I went up there and I said, uh, I was like looking at the whiskeys y'all had. And um, he's like, well, let me tell you about some of them, because I, I like whiskey, but then sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't yeah, know. Like, it's overwhelming. I know which ones I like, but then I want to try new ones, but then which new one do you try? So he... He starts telling me about a couple of them, and he told me about Uncle... Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Which Jamie and the, the GM here, he was a big, big personal uh, uh, affection for that one. Then Will's kind of been, you know... Well, dude, he just sold me on the story. Like, he told me the story, and he was so enthusiastic and genuine and authentic in his excitement about it. I was like, give me one of those. Like... That's all it took. I'm like, going to text you that. I'm definitely going to text you the micro uh, Jack Daniel story where Uncle Nearest is is giving credit in that. I'll I'll do it when we leave this. But yeah, the, man. The, well, we were talking about that before. Micro's podcast. The uh, the way I the way heard I it. heard it. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they're good. They're quick. He's so good at telling stories. Yeah, he tells a pretty good story. God, he's great at it. He just you can tell he's just very succinct and concise. And he starts out. He does that closed open loop thing or whatever where he starts out in a direction and he leaves you hanging until the very end yeah, that's how i heard it great at it no um but yeah i mean with the guys in here i mean not to get off what we're doing like we've got a lot of work to do it started at the top and we're just now getting to a point where that group of managers that we i mean we brought on 12 managers that are here we hired 14 in the span of like nine at seven to nine months it yeah. usually to onboard somebody properly it takes three months so yeah, if you yeah. do the math we're three years out on getting everybody onboarded, but we're just now really like we've we've hustled forward to get everybody starting to fall into gear, and then from there they're starting to work with their staff, and we're starting. We had a broken owner, we had a broken management, and we had broken staff, right? And so, and then we have broken business and broken revenue, you know. So like, and it all happened really quickly, and and to rebuild it took a lot of time, yeah. and so. You know, as we cultivate those badass experiences, it's it 100%. You hear a lot of people talk about it. I believe in it. Starts with your 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 employees, your your tribe, your family. And if we can get everybody happy and feeling safe and taken care of and jazzed up about what we're doing and about the products we have and serve and everything else, then we're on our way, right? Yeah. yeah. That guy right there is amazing. I've been seeing him for years, and he he came to work for us recently, and I can't tell you how many times he thanked you, thanked me for giving him a job and i was like but i'm just happy to have you here you happy know to have I mean, you I mean, here yeah was, that's a big honor so <clears throat> that level of enthusiasm and i mean it's genuine too you can yeah, tell i mean there's no sure. doubt about it not easy to find Mm-mm. but the more that you find it or the more people that you bring on like that it's infectious right it's infectious so if you have one or two people like that and eight that aren't 
those one or two, man, they can only carry that energy for so long, you know, yeah. and it takes away from them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ener- that energy. What do you, so when you talk, I mean, you tell me more about when you, you hired the 14 managers and you kept 12. Tell me more about, I mean, do you know fairly quickly? Now, I know you, you, you fire quickly, but I mean, when you're in the hiring process, do you mm. know fairly quickly based on uh, intangibles like their energy, their authenticity, or what are you looking for? Yeah, are, I hadn't had a lot of luck turning it over, right? Like, I, I had a lot of luck with myself being committed to the process, right? And then I had to hire out of necessity a couple of times, and that was bad. I had to hire what I needed, not what I wanted. Okay. And getting Trey out of that mentality, that big company that he worked for where it was like, hire them as quick as you can and fire them as quick as you can. Get them in there until you find one that works. Because yeah. that's, I mean, they were spread out all over the country and that's kind of how they did it. Into like, man, we got to hire what we want. I was like, I, and I believe, I, I can tell you, I can't tell you how many times that I've sat down and gone down and said, okay, I want a chef that was, has been in a James Beard kitchen that, you know, that, that, that knows how to hustle, knows great food, knows how to do badass food, you know, doesn't just know how to run a, a Roost Chris kitchen. And I don't mean that in a stab, but I knew I'd find that person. I had a director of operations that's not with me anymore that, you know, I, I saw somebody come out of the, a five-star hotel here in, uh, in, uh, in, in Raleigh. And the guy looked at me dead in the face and he goes, guys like that don't want to work for you, John. Hmm. And that guy came to work for me when that other guy left us hanging, you know, and he's still with us. And what I've found is we start looking through like, why, you, why do you say that? Why do you think that? I just eat because we've got a taco shop and a sandwich shop, you know, but meanwhile, I think what, what you don't look at at the core of that is we got two small menus and we, we do 35 ingredients in a house. I mean, we slow, ro- we brine our own Turkey. We slow roast the pork for eight hours. We do our own Jardinero. We, yeah. House made bread and butter pickles. Okay. Like what you look at is what I learned is, man, some of these guys want to get out of the stress of the fine dining, come in and just do badass sandwiches and badass tacos, you know? And yeah. so I think what it was said was, John, I think, and this guy, I mean, I, of course, he's the same guy that said, I had some, I had some good assistant managers and stuff that went on to do other things and put in their notice. And he's like, well, you know, they're just not going to work hard here at the end. And I, I, I doubled down. I said, I think that's bullshit. I think that this person, because I think this person is great, they're going to work their ass off until they leave. Yeah. And they did. And then it turns out this guy is the guy that came out of the, you know, $28 million a year operation for, you know, a huge company funded by billionaires. And he was the one that didn't work out his notice. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, right. so I think that's that. And so you'll, you'll hear that. And, and again, you know, hiring, and this is what I said to Trey, Trey, we got a, you know, my, my guy now and, you know, good friend and 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 helps me run the company and so we got to hire who we want not not who we need we need a lot of people but what we're going to have to we're going to hire people we need and we're going to have to replace them so let's hire who we want and until we get that right you know now we got it right now we can push and i feel us pushing like i i mean last couple weeks we're on a we're on a run because we hired the last person three weeks ago i think okay so fortuitous timing for this i mean you know hey Knock on wood, but that's what I feel. I haven't felt this way in three or four years. I'm super jazzed up about our new project, um, the Merchant, the new cocktail bar. I haven't been that ex- this excited about a project probably since the Architect. Even the ones that I opened because they were delayed, it was it became a burden and it was challenging and stressful. I'm like excited about this. You know, tell me about the Merchant. Um, so speakeasy cocktail bar, probably about the whole space is three thousand square feet. Where is it? Um, it's on, Salis- on Salisbury Street above Virgil's and Linus and Peppers. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's where 
It's where Level Up is now. We're getting rid of Level Up. Great concept. Terrible space. That was the wrong space to put an arcade bar in. Yeah. Space I put it in had a kitchen. It had two bathrooms, three stairwells. By the time you put arcade games in there and a bar, there was no room for people, right? What are you going to do with your arcade games? I'm going to sell them. I'm going to keep a couple. Do you have Galaga? I do. You going to keep that one? I was planning on keeping NBA Jam in this uh, Attack from Mars pinball game, so Galaga could be up for grabs. Let's talk offline. Yeah, we'll talk. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> Fucking love Galaga. Yeah, I got, I got it. Um, it's the only game I'm better at than my kids. <laughs> it's, it's so simple. <laughs> I've got an Asteroids <laughs> Deluxe. We we just put in a in a rental property that we have down in Charlotte. My brother put it down there. I took it down there for him. So, but yeah, I mean, if you want to think about changing games in and out, because that's how that concept works, I put it on the second floor. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> Oh, the actual literal physical process of getting them up six hundred pounds of arcade game (laughs) up and down the stairs. You're looking at your manager like, "All right, guys, we're get some new games in." You're like, "Screw you," you know. Well, a speakeasy on the second floor that makes it great. We've got multiple stairwells that we can send people out as an exit, you know, and it'll be it'll be kind of it'll. That's what really needed to go there, and I think it's it's going to be awesome. Then we've got a kitchen up there, so. You know, that's the one my, my chef and his Sue that they both came out of that, that same kitchen under those pretty strong chef out there. And, and they were doing one of them was a butcher and another one was a, you know, and, uh, you know, lead cook or something over there. And so they, they love food and they've got some real colorful names going on with in the sandwich shop right now, which I like because we're getting, we're getting edgy, man. We're empathetic. We're, we care. I mean, we'll. I can I, I tell you everybody that works for me is 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 not deliberately outward talking about kindness and stuff like that. We're just practicing it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so then at the same time though, we're a little bit edgy and I want to get I want to start saying some things that maybe get people's eyebrows raised a little I think bit. I that's you know? great, man. I mean, we need more of that. It's yeah. just why does everything have to be so serious in business when we're not really like that in real life? Like, I think that's great. But I can't, I I really love the uh okay, so uh a plethora. <laughs> plethora. Do you use a lot of these? Like, it's my favorite name so far. We got really. We, we get, we're going to do a lot of more. I'm I'm trying to get some headspace to really work on the beer names at Little City. Again, like I said, a lot of stuff got put in as placeholders, and a lot of things we did right. Employees, managers, brewers, and now I've got. I mean, Daryl is an amazing brewer. He does amazing beer. We picked up two U.S. Open awards last year. We picked a great a Great American Beer awesome. Festival award. We got a gold and two bronzes last year and that was the first year he was here and so this year you know now now we're kind of it's like you do good and then you kind of fall back a little bit and you know little city as a name i i envision this brew pub model doing multiple of them of course until we uh we had to pause for a minute which is like i said the universe might have been telling me something and yeah probably was but like we start looking at the names now. Plethora has been my favorite name of, of all this. Awesome. we've done. We literally watched Three Amigos like a week ago. Because my great. kids are like, they watch Stranger Things, my oldest two. Yeah, yeah. And they watch the Goldbergs, and they're all in the 80s. And they, they talk, and I always, you know, my wife and I always talk about the 80s. We're like, how awesome the 80s were. Yeah. They're always like, I want to live in the 80s. But all that stuff's like, they all love the 80s movies. Like, my son was like, Daddy, do you have a plethora? Like, he said that like <laughs> yesterday. Pl- plethora. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's great. So we it's a it's a sour beer series, and it started with a lot of fruit. Uh-huh. Is what it was, you know. And we've done black currant, raspberry, blackberry, pink guava. Like we've done a ton of flavors there, and we rotate through those. And some have been really, really successful. And it, it's been one of those like drinkable beers. That's like it's a sour, but it's almost like drinkable, like a cider. Almost, it's been a really big hit, and it's a great name too. I'm like, man, this is great. This is classy, but funny. 
Yeah. You know, like some people get it, but some people don't, you know. Yeah. Um, we've got a cocktail on the menu at uh, Virgil's called the El Dude Arena. You know, like from the dude. Yeah. It's like, it's a tequila version of the Caucasian, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's horchata and tequila instead of uh, a white Russian, you know, or, or, yeah, he does a Caucasian, so there's no vodka in that. But, um, but yeah, so we've got a couple of playful names here and there. And the cocktail, the cocktail game has really kind of been cool over the last, you know, four, five, six years. People come up with some crazy cool stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to taking a lot of our beers that we, we did city type things. Like I always saw little city could exist anywhere. It could exist in, you know, Soho as easily as it could exist in Ballantyne down outside of Charlotte, you know, yeah. or, or yeah. right in Raleigh or even, you know, a smaller town here in North Carolina. So, I, you know, the, the goal was to scale the brew pub model. And so, you know, we do stuff like the sidewalk stout and I'm like, you know, those are the names. They're great. They mean the city, but I want to get a little more creative this year, you know, with some of our naming stuff more like You can't go wrong with 80s and 90s movie yeah. references. Like, you can't, man, like, because your audience is all going to be like, ah, like, they'll either, they'll know it or somebody in the group will know it or whatever. Like, yeah, and then you got you a story behind it. Me. It's like, yeah. holy shit, you haven't seen Three Amigos? You got, we've, got a, we've got one called the Catalina that's our sangria at Virgil's, like the Catalina wine mixer, so like... From uh, from Step Brothers, so that's a good one. I mean, we always got a story to tell, and like even Virgil's, um, I, people go, "Who's Virgil?" Like, and it's a true story. He's the guy that taught me to shoot the bird when I was in kindergarten, right? Oh, like, that's awesome. So I had no idea it was bad, and I went home and showed it to my mom that night, and I got smacked pretty hard. And like, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I remembered this guy when I was naming this taqueria, and we were like, like I said, we're doing tacos, but we're gringos doing tacos, and like it just, I was. I was raised I, I was in the mountains of north carolina as this little hillbilly kid that taught me to shoot the bird so i named a taqueria after him That's i haven't awesome. seen him since so you need you need you need a, you need a drink called just the tip yeah we got one in here i was looking at a culture project the guy that was helping me with it he wants uh he wants one called queen of the trailer park too. <laughs> <laughs> holy cow man dude this is uh this this is awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking yeah, the time man. to do this. Thank I, you. I'm glad we finally got a chance to meet in person. I, I'm a I'm a fan. I admire what you've done, I, the, man. It, just grit, determination, fortuitiveness, just just for fortitude, um, rolling up your sleeves and just grinding through the freaking muck, man. Like that's what you did. That, that's like that to me is just. There's nothing cooler. Well, like I, I really mean that, man. Sincerely, I, I, I appreciate just, that. I mean, it's hard to accept it sometimes, but I mean, I, 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 I can pride myself on 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 that, man. I mean, it just whether whatever it was, like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I didn't give up and that we're still in the fight for now. I mean, we got a lot of, we got a lot of ground to still make up. You know, there's no telling what, right, you know, right. 19 still paying for the sins of 17 and 18 in a way. You know, I mean, it just, yeah. it just is, and and. You know, we're just going to keep going. But every every little step forward, man, when the when the sky starts to break, I mean, you're still going to get hit, right? Yep. Like, you're yep. gonna still going to get knocked sure. around. But, yep. you know, just, I, I mean, I, now I got to resh- reshuffle again to where, like, I'm not, my ass isn't on fire every day. Right. You know? Because now I got to find that motivation again to get excited about it. Because I'm, like, not motivated by the fear as much, you know? Yeah. It's more like getting back to getting excited about our stuff. So, I, you know, I appreciate that. And I... I, I when you can get this motivated and, about the just awesome team you have and building out your culture and taking something that you can this 
really solid foundation that you can put in place and scale this across your your brands and your company and really have something that you can grow from 70 to 170 to 1700 you know whatever it is whatever you want to do one day but that's that's you're doing the things now that you know will enable you to to take those steps to wither the setbacks and just keep you know directionally yeah. just going forward man i appreciate all the kind words i, I really do and mean it i'm sure they'll ring through week after month after year i mean those are the kind of things that i file away and i get to i get to access them in, in a good time and a bad time so you know i appreciate that and thank yeah. you and i and thanks for being here and uh you know you did you hit the nail on the head when you said you know I, I, a lot of business owners entrepreneurs whatever have you know culture and stuff up in their head and they can't articulate it sometimes and culture just comes to like man what drives you and how do you feel around your people and your business you know yeah. and i mean yeah. Then you got to be deliberate about it. When you grow, you lose it. Yep. You know, you get, you get stretched out of it, and and you got to be deliberate. So, I mean, we're going to work pretty heavily on that. I put it out into the universe beginning of last year, and, and it's starting to come to fruition now. So, I'm I'm jazzed up about our people. I'm jazzed up about this next little leap forward. I'm trying to be real disciplined by avoiding the shiny object syndrome and not saying, you know, well, all right, well, what about this one? We could take this opportunity. We could grow, and 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 I want to I want to cultivate what we have. I want to get it right, and I want to. You know, get all those little dials and knobs and bells and whistles tuned in and tightened up and twisted just right. And I was watching you adjust your volume here on your on your little sound contraption here, just so it's tuned in just right. Yeah, man. I can relate that to the the business. You know, like you know, are the are the plants in the right place? Are the are the yes. tables all set correctly? Is you yes. know, is everybody happy? Are we keeping an eye on our, our our reviews or do our guests love what we do? Do our do our people love what we do? You know, what can we do for our employees to make them happier and you know, and, 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 and keep them longer and, and do more stuff and be able to grow without having to replace, you know, a bunch of people again. So love it. Love it. So freaking stoked that we serve y'all, man. I really, I mean, like, I love you guys. There is nothing better. Like this is what this business is, is for is to serve. Like we always talk about that. Yeah. Wes will say, I would rather serve one of our ideal customers. You being one kind of people that we respect admire would be friends with outside of this sure. he says i'd rather serve one of them and a thousand of the wrong people it's just that's that's a good way to live you know it's a great I mean, way to live because you can serve a thousand that really love you and two or three of the ones that don't can screw it all up too you know there's yeah. a there's a vice versa thing to that and i tell you you know your guy hank he's always on the fly he's on the quick <laughs> he's man he's awesome. always back to us i sent him an hank email is the man he's Bobby got us hank. he's got us fired right back i mean the oh. next day i Doing yeah. good, doing good. Yeah, that's what Hank always like. If you call Hank, if you ever call him, yeah. In fact, you should try this sometimes. Like, call sometimes and be like, "Hank, how you doing, man?" I one hundred percent, one hundred percent. He's gonna say, "Doing good, doing good." He's awesome. Like, that's great. He's always he's so positive and just. Well, we're kind of sitting here because you know he was so fired, so quick on the draw, and then when I was challenged by some labor models i mean i got three four kitchens in that one yeah building. yeah right and i went to you guys tools man that i had never had to use right yeah, let's be right, honest right. i didn't have to budget my labor at a bar right or, right right you know and so i sat down and i jumped into some of your tools and i was like man this is cool this is badass you know and i think that's when i fired out an email i was like i've been working with you guys and I went into, you know, the labor cost report and putting my sales in there and then writing schedule and playing around with it and doing this. And I was like, I got to fire these guys an email, you know, and Hank had always been responsive. So that's, I mean, that's where you and I started talking, you know, a couple yeah. of years ago, I yeah. think. So that's what started. It's awesome. I, I love it, man. Love it. 
Cheers, brother. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How was that beer? It was fan- I want another. Yeah. <laughs> this or some other one. It was really good. Cool. <clears throat> With my last sip, we'll wrap it up. Thank you all for listening, and we'll have another one soon. Later.